0: And welcome to our Africa Travel Week Connect Unlock Africa podcast, where we bring the news, views, tips and tricks from tourism experts and personalities, sometimes simply sharing a window on their world and Africa's tourism sector. In this Unlock Africa podcast, we
1: speak to industry experts Otto de Vries, Lynette Machiri and Rachel Penaluna we discuss the value of the travel agent before during and after the pandemic what the future looks like in their eyes and how travel has changed for both the consumer and agent alike
0: Hello and welcome to this Africa Travel Week webinar, talking all things redefining the value of the travel agent. Um, And joining me today, I have a few experts that are going to help us unpack what that actually means. I think all the way from Josie, Lynette Machidi, the Customer Experience Team Leader of Flight Center Travel Group, South Africa. Welcome, Lynette. All the way from, and I'm not going to try and pronounce it, I'll let Rachel do that, old (laughs) P.E., <laughs> is Rachel Penaluna, Business Manager of Show sure Maritime Travel. And joining us from Cape Town, we have Otto De Fris, who is the CEO of the Association of Southern African Travel Agents. Welcome everybody. So I'm going to pick on Rachel first. Um, and I know she has been in the trenches these last couple of years, more so than anyone I know, probably, to so tell us a little bit about what's different now. Uh, in terms of uh, what your customers think of you as a travel agent or a travel advisor, what is different now to pre-pandemic times? Would you say, Rach?
1: Um, thanks, Natalia. Um, yeah, there's been a, a market um, change in in attitude um, post-pandemic, and. I think it probably started um, during the pandemic. You know, it, it, was, it was unprecedented. And I think everybody um, related in any, any way to travel was, was operating blind. Um, but I think customers even more so because we had the resources um, so although it was was very frightening and um, there were no timeframes at all, and information was changing hourly, never mind daily, um, we still had the ability to find the correct information. And I think that's where... The inception of this was uh, we made sure we upskilled, certainly in our agency, and we became pandemic experts. Um, and customers just latched onto that expertise for all they're worth. Um, I think it's it's ongoing now. Um, we're finding with the customer perception is that that airlines um, are largely unsupportive of clients' needs. So we've all heard about the travel chaos um, and chaos it has been, make no mistake, um, not just for for agents, but um, clients are, are pretty, pretty distressed about this. Um, airlines are just dropping them, literally. Um, you know, we we've we've literally had, I can't tell you how many clients sleeping on the floors of airports because the airlines just have rescheduled and there's, and there's nobody to assist. Um, obviously, we assist wherever we can. Um, I don't even need to go through the visa situation. It's, it's pretty much the same. And um, if pre-pandemic I had five bags a year ago missing, I'm probably up to 10 a week at this point in time. So um, <laughs> um, what I'm trying to say is that... Um, Clients need us now, maybe more so than they did during the pandemic, because during the pandemic, they weren't traveling. We were just mopping up messes. Now they are traveling um, and it's still a mess. Um, but the, the rela- client relationship is, is I've, I mean, I've been in travel wow. 33 years. It's never, ever been this different. Um, they seem to have huge respect for what we do our agents are we've now re-employed as ITCs my girls are pro they are professionals they are extremely good at what they do if they were good before they're even better now and I think I think clients see it and they need it desperately they 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 hang on to it for dear life and in turn it's made processes easier um, the operations within my company are nothing, nothing at all, like they were pre-pandemic. Our wow. entire operation has turned upside down. We've changed absolutely everything within the company, um, the way we employ, the way we we. we We remunerate um, our accounts processes and our attitude towards clients as well. Um, You know, gone are the days where you won't give me a 30-day account, so I'll go to Jones's down the road because they'll do it for me. Well, then you must go. Um, I think the shoe is definitely on the other foot at the moment. And and it's a good thing. I think, you know, know your worth. Mm. And if you know you're worth something,
0: (laughs) go with it. (laughs) Clients need you now more than they needed you in the pandemic, and I want to bring Lynette in here because she's in the trenches as a customer experience teacher, and I'm sure had to deal with lots of things. Lynette,
2: um, definitely. I mean, uh, I will very much agree with um everything that Rachel said. Um, and I think what we are seeing is, although traveling is the travel industry is opening up again, you know, the nature of the travel landscape, um, I do believe it's never going to go back to pre-COVID times. It's never going to be the same, never, ever again. And I think because also it's still very much fluid, you know, although travel has opened up, um, a lot of countries have different regulations. Um, Some still require that you have COVID tests, um, you know, mask mandates. Um, Some countries require that you complete documentation prior to travel that is required. Um, You know, Qatar, for instance, um, with the ETAs, we've had a couple of customers, you know, not being allowed to get on because, you know, uh, um, they don't have that. So it's it's so much that they still need to navigate through. And I think what the pandemic... um, did for us, which was a game changer. I think for a lot of um, travel industry um, personnel, is that we became experts. We became confident, and I think there's something about dealing with the crisis and getting through it that changes you completely. Um, and I think being the experts that we we are now, um, we also developed tools to assist our customers to make us more productive because. Um, we needed to consolidate all that information that was coming through, you know, and customers, I think, depended on us heavily and they still do. And they do so more so now than they did prior to the pandemic, because there's still so much to navigate. I mean, um, we have new challenges every day. Rachel mentioned the baggage. Um, you know, there's been one strike after another um, presently um, in the Netherlands. Um Last week we had a scare. Um, the pilots going on strike, you know, and eight hundred flights being grounded in one afternoon. Um, that's scary. So it's so much that's going on, and um, I think the prices of flights, for instance, domestic flights, I, I think they're like at an all time high, and 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 you know, it's it's those spaces that customers, you know, have so much. Angst and, and and they've got there's so much anxiety, you know, and they need travel agents, travel experts to help them navigate. So it's, it's I think it's a lot of moving parts um, that one has to deal with when traveling now. So many things to think about. It's more than just a visa application. It's how long the visa is going to take me. Can I get an appointment? What kind of appointment am I getting? Can I get a normal appointment or do I have to pay for uh, an expedited one? There's also, you know, so many things I think that customers are having to rely on um, from the travel industry. And I think being a travel agent, we are having to prove our value in the service that we are providing, Um, not only during, um, uh, uh, you know, or pre-travel, during and after as well. I think we're doing so much work in that space and lobbying for a lot of changes, I think, because we gather all this data um, in our industry that certainly helps push um, legislation, you know, the government to make changes in so many areas and spaces that uh, we exist in. And I think um, we, we, we certainly have risen, uh, um, you know, to the challenge and the call.
0: Sure, sounds like you've um, both had to become master jugglers, if if nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Jack the whole trade. I'm going to bring Otto in here because isn't it curious, Otto, that both Rachel and Lynette are talking about a value proposition that lies very much in something that is so much stronger than that old value proposition that we used to have of just being an intermediary that linked a customer up to a third-party airline and how Rachel was talking now about how the airline's don't have the capacity or the skill set to deal with the nuances of that level of customer service at the moment. I know you are often in the trenches at IATA talking to those third-party airlines. And I'm curious to know from you the extent to which you see that relationship having changed and how um, the travel agent slash advisor's value proposition has had to change in that space.
3: Yeah, look. I think we've been we've been proposing this idea well before uh, COVID. Um, you know, um, when we did our first twenty first century travel agent study, we spoke about you know the shifting value proposition, and you noticed not necessarily a resistance, but concern or an uncertainty as to you know how that would be perceived. Um, and we really were, as an industry, chasing price over. A product when it came to you know trying to secure customers and and and, and, and trying to hang on to them. Um, and I think there was a bit of an identity crisis really. I mean what were we? were we agents of the suppliers, or were we actually representing the customers? And I feel that during that period of uncertainty or that confusion, that that, that identity crisis, the one thing that stood out was that there wasn't necessarily the confidence to believe in yourselves and your value proposition. And so you would, I could often see angels, you know, sort of like stepping back and going back to the old set and the old ways. Um, And uh, sorry, guys. And um, I think what happened with COVID is yes, I think we rose, we really rose to the challenge. We, uh, we really stepped up and showed what we are competent and capable of doing. And where that value proposition continues to extend beyond the pandemic, where the pandemic certainly sort of gave us uh, a context, if you will, what it's gone and, and now, and, and you know, with, with travel opening again, is shown that beyond having to deal with a crisis the value proposition is very, very evident. Um, and the idea that either assuming or bothering to commit so much time and effort into doing it yourself versus bringing in a travel professional. You know, the word travel advisor is something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and the sooner that we change our name from travel agent to travel advisor, the better. Uh, because I really do believe that for uh, for want of a better timing, the crisis has certainly brought us into the fore and presented us in a way that customers really appreciate, respect and value what we do and how that makes all the difference to their travel experience on a day-to-day basis. So for me, I, I think it's really, really exciting because what's happened is we've moved from talking about it to doing it. And we all sadly needed maybe like a very serious jolt like this pandemic. And even for the customer, this kind of a jolt to recognize, you know, that there's a real value here. And and it's something that we actually can't do without. So, um, yes, I think, you know, our, our, our second study, uh, the, the release of it was very timely. Um, and just listening to both Lynette and Rachel, and I've been sort of referring to some of the points that we put into that report. And it's so fantastic to hear that agents on the ground are executing, whether intentionally or unintentionally, as a result of that report. Um, there's clear evidence that the shift is sustainable, needing, and that uh, the agents are embracing it and the customers are appreciating it.
0: So you mentioned the word sustainable, Otto, and I, um, I'm actually going to stay with you, if I may. Um, three of the primary elements of a value proposition are relevance, value, and uniqueness, and all of those need to be coexisting but at a, on a sustainable basis, and we have this Chaos that we're experiencing in the rest of the world at the moment. Your prediction for that value proposition that we currently have to be something that's long term? I mean, are we not all just going to go back to bad habits um, as travelers and, you know, start? taking risks that we shouldn't be taking when we're feeling a little bit more complacent is this a little bubble that's about to burst or eventually will burst what do you think
3: well look i mean i think we've got to be honest with ourselves and to assume you know that this is going to uh, continue in, in in the current fashion and trend we've got to remember two things number one we're coming off a low base so all growth looks uh exponentially amazing i think secondly um Yes, I think there will be some complacency down the line, and it's imperative on us as an industry and a sector to ensure that we keep considering where the customer may be thinking or acting or behaving or making choices and where we can continue to uh, deliver that value and and, 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 and be be relevant. Um, If there were a couple of takeaways, um, I think one of the first ones that we've learned is uh, capacity, capacity. it's very evident that what happened at the airports and with the airlines, they switched a lot of things back on without actually being ready. Let us learn from that lesson. And by the way, I know that we've had our own ongoing challenges. We've lost a lot of really, really good quality people, but I think if we combine uh, the investments that have been made on a technical side and a digital side in terms of providing fulfillment um, and and ensuring that the agent or the consultant or the advisor is freed up sufficiently to drive the value proposition that we speak of and the rest of it being automated, I think is very, very critical to a sustainable um, and a longevity to this this sort of... um, renaissance, if you will, of the travel advisor. Um, I think it's also important that we move away from this, this mental mindset that we had in the past where we were really just order takers. Um, we are what travel agents used to be in the 70s, 80s, and and maybe even the early 90s. And I think it's imperative that we've got part of that customer journey from the start to the finish. Um, and, and and you know, I think Lynette touched on that as well. So for me, it's very evident that um, they need to know that when they're thinking, planning, uh, they need assistance. When they're traveling, they may need support. And on return, you want to be sure that, all the expectations had been met. And it's all about this data, isn't it? You know, we, 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 we talk about data and the value of data. And I'm always fascinated when um, stakeholders like an Airbnb or a booking.com um, or an airline for that matter, makes really big business decisions around how it services its customers with data that is actually quite narrow uh, in its definition. Whereas if you look at what a travel agent has in terms of data and information, The ability to ensure that you are servicing the customer down to the finest detail of their expectations um, really lies in our hands. And with that is, I believe, also one of the primary value propositions in terms of ensuring that this remains sustainable. Um, So, you know, those are just a few thoughts. Um, And I do believe that I think even the suppliers, as a result of what we've been through, have a greater appreciation of our value uh, as, as a travel industry. Uh, because they've seen what we've been able to do and how we've looked after our customers and where they know that they have fundamentally dropped the ball. And, and yes, Rachel's right, particularly on the airline side, there's been a massive weakness. So, you know, those are a few thoughts from my side in terms of the value proposition.
0: Thanks, Otto. So, Lynette, I'm going to bring you in and let's just go back to those three elements of a value proposition, relevance, value and uniqueness. What makes your organization special? But beyond that, why should your customer care? Um,
2: I think I had some time to think about this because i um, Flight Center's value propositions are very much aligned um, to the three that you mentioned. So we we have service, um, we make travel easy, we promise to make travel easy for our customers. And I think over the last two years, three years now, we've just proven that we 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 can do that. And we we, we I think we're confident to say, you know, that that's what we do. Um value. So before, and it's something that Otto made mention of, before price was such a big thing um, for a lot of our customers. But I think the values have shifted um, within our customers themselves. They want to have value for their money. So value for us is a, a, a proposition that we offer to say we 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 source products that you know will be valuable to you, and we. Offer offer value for your money. We give our customers peace of mind. Um, We are there for our customers 24 hours, seven days a week. No matter what time it is, wherever you are in the world, we tell our customers, you can reach us via WhatsApp. Um, There are many channels in which they can reach us. We have after hours teams that are there for them. Um, And I think expertise is the number one, uh, 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 it's, it's last on our list, but it certainly is something that has grown um, over the last two years or so. Um, I mean, it was unfortunate, you know, uh, going into the pandemic, we lost a lot of people. Um, but I think those that remained and those that have come back, um, it's a lot of experts that are in the business. That's what um, I think we we find. So that experience that um, the set of people that we have are people, um, they have great experience. And I think for a customer, you want to approach Um, a travel advisor and you want them to know what it is they're talking about. You want them to be knowledgeable. And I think so much time goes into knowing the products that we offer um, our customers. And And if we don't know, we're honest to say, look, I don't know, but we're going to find out. And I think that that is something that we learned so much during the pandemic. We became those people who were like, we'll find out. We don't know what's going on presently, but we'll find the information and we find the information. And I think and I think there's a certain novelty to that, you know, things that customers love um, when you're honest with them, but more so when you, you show that expertise. And I think for the most part, that that knowledge that we have, I think, and knowing the customer itself to say, OK, our customers, like I'm saying to you, the values have shifted. They're no longer looking for order takers They want you to take them through the entire holiday to, you know, handhold. And and that's something that we find is very common with customers. They want to be handheld. They want to see um, the value of their money that they're spending on you. Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. Rachel, how do you think that's going to evolve in the short to medium term? How do you think that that will change or will it be the status quo? Um,
1: I don't think it will be the status quo. Um, I think it's important to note that that the the perception of value is not the same as it was, um, and and that that in turn, you know, feeds relevance and uniqueness. So, um, from our point of view, we are extremely mindful, and our customers are as well because they've told us so that we survived. <laughs> Um, it gives us a perception of relevance already and strength um you know we we had we had many people phoning and saying are you still operating well yes we are um you know there's only one of us left running the entire company the interesting thing is that only about four of our four or five of our clients ever found that out <laughs> um but the fact is we we were always there um, it didn't mat- matter really at that point in time what shape or form but um we've kind of we've kind of reborn if you like um so the perception of um the value proposition is, is very different, um, not just from clients, but from us as well. So, our, like I said, our day-to-day operations are nothing like they were pre-pandemic, nothing. Um, the most important thing I think we've learned from this is um, because we had to find alternative ways to communicate. So, I wasn't jumping in my car and going and seeing clients every day. Um, we found other ways to do it. Okay, this format is one of them, Zoom meetings, um, which we've had many of. I still consult with many clients via Zoom and it's not because of COVID, it's because they're elderly and they live in the Hamadulis of the Peru and Zoom um, consulting actually works extremely well. Um, So so that's a change. Um, But I think, I, I honestly believe that what, We as consultants now look for, and clients definitely look for, and I mean corporate, both corporate and leisure clients. It's got to be personable. They want a person, um, whether it's um, giving them a few quotes, or whether it's doing an incentive booking, or whether it's advising on health requirements for a country or duty of care, they want. Personal And when I say personal, I mean personable service. So that's what we focused on. Um, every single one of our clients is on WhatsApp. It's a major slip to save everybody, but it works extremely well. Um, we reemployed all our staff as ITCs and it has never been more successful because it's almost like they're running their own mini business within the realms of maritime travel. And it has made an exponential difference to um, the service that they put out, um, the upskilling, the expertise, the, the wanting to, you know, I know it's half past four and it's home time, but you know, this guy's just phoned me and it is a booking or it isn't a booking. It's made an enormous difference. And I think it's tangible for clients. So our travel management package is totally different to what it was before. Um, We've enhanced our product for corporate clients. Um, We've had duty of care for many years, but the concept of it has completely changed because many of them have actually used it in the last year, which, you know, before it's a piece of paper that says, you know, it's your terms and conditions. So here it is, Yeah, okay, read it, stick it in the file and, you know, maybe we'll read it again if the pawpaw hits the fan and there's some legal issue. You don't ever look at it again. Duty of care pretty much seemed to be the same thing. So um, those those particular um, elements, um, relevance, I think, speaks for itself in, in our environment. You know, we're a smaller environment in PE. Um, value and uniqueness is, yeah, we fine-tuned our product. and And what we've done applies to every single traveller. Um, whether you travel 65 times a year or if you travel once a year out of the Karoo to Joburg for a funeral, it makes no difference. Um, every single client is relevant. Um, and I think that's made an enormous difference to our value proposition. And we've we've been fairly successful at kind of spreading the word Um, word of mouth here in in the Elizabeth or Eastern Cape environment is massive you always want people talking about you and fortunately at the moment they're all saying the right things so we've acquired a lot of new clients, an awful lot of new clients that way Um, but I think there's no denying that customers value um, our expertise and the personal touch more than they ever have because they've actually seen it work out. We've had a very long and drawn out crisis, and they actually have seen us at work in this environment that never was like that before, and it works. Mm. Um, And I think a lot of clients have said to me, you know, where they previously booked online, they'd be very hesitant to do it again. Even when things normalize, I don't think things will ever completely go back to normal. I think this was a massive shakeup and personally, I think it was necessary. I think um, pre-COVID, it's quite possible that um, the travel agency agency system was inherently flawed. There was a lot of things we needed to fix. Um, Traditionally, travel agents are not very good at that. They tend to... Um, focus on the desk until the pawpaw hits the fan and it passes under their nose, and then there's this great panic. Um, it is what it is. It always has been, um, but I don't think it always will be. I think um, if you worth your salt, you're better prepared. And this wasn't just a, a crisis that's come and gone. It's it's a new way of doing business, and I think you have to keep you have to keep reinventing that. You have to find ways to not the fluff, you know, we're wonderful. We offer these brilliant prices. We have wonderful staff. It's not that anymore. I think it's much deeper than that. And I think clients, I do think clients see it. And I do think it has longevity. Lynette,
0: I'm curious about you know you're at the point where you are dealing with problems you have to deal with a lot of problems in the job that you're in and i'm sure that that is a mechanism for you to get your customer to talk positively about you because you've solved their problem rachel's spoken about the word of mouth aspect to her business but from your perspective how are you landing that message how are you
2: getting people to talk about the incredible service that you're providing? So um, in our space, um, I mean, I not only deal with the complaints side of things, but we also um, do a lot of feedback. Um, We handle a lot of feedback that our customers um, give us. So um, Flight Centre, I think when it was knee deep in the pandemic, I think we 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 took on social media and we ran with it. Um, our customers were heavily present on the social media, so from Facebook to Instagram to Twitter. So we, I think, leveraged on that. Um, and we became really great in speaking to our customers on social media. We upskilled ourselves. Um, We've got a a, a full-time engagement team that handles that engagement. So we we use those platforms greatly um, to educate our customers because we always find that there's so many teaching moments that we we come across from interacting with customers. um, And... And 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 not only do we use social media, but review platforms. We're not afraid to ask for feedback. Any feedback is good feedback, um, and we 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 investigate every complaint that comes through on our feedback platforms. So so we use those um, to that data that we collect to see what the trends are, what it is that our customers are unhappy about. And you find that um, customers communicate more with us on social media. We hardly get complaints via telephone. You know, the traditional methods. Before COVID, we used to get lots of phone calls. We used to get lots of emails. Now people find that we are in those spaces, that we exist um, in our online platforms, so they communicate and they talk to us in those platforms. So in that same vein, we also find ways to then let them know what other customers think about us in those same spaces. So we share the feedback um, that we get from our customers and mostly the wonderful ones, um, which I must say, when you actually look at the data, it's more than the complaints. The complaints are just but a, a tip, but... People actually have great experiences. In the past, we hardly knew about that. But I think times have changed. People are more open to talking about their great experiences. And I think like what Rachel was saying, because service in the travel industry has become more personable, um, more personalized. Um, You know, people go the extra mile to make an experience that much more. So it leaves so much of a lasting impression, it will prompt anybody to, to tell about the experiences. So we 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 literally um, invite our customers to give us those feedback, that feedback. And 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 it's been really, really amazing. It's great because um, you know it, it opens up your world to so much more. And I think you find, I think in the past it was very difficult for customers to speak of our value openly. And that, I think, has changed so much. Um, they love what we do and they're happy to share it with everybody. And, and we use that, we share that feedback with, with, with people on, on social media, um, on, our, on our website, we share that feedback. And I think what's great also um, Rachel mentioned the ITC. We have a model in Flight Center um, like that. And, and you find customers that don't even, that have never dealt with us, they will go onto the review platforms and they use those to gauge to see where can I go and book. So it's a great marketing tool um, for, for, for our travel um, experts. So it's, it's really, 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 it's reopened us up to you know so many possibilities I think um, and the opportunities are endless um, and I think it's just evolving constantly and I think as a business you have to find a way in which you evolve with it and you you grow um, with how that space is changing yeah
0: I love how flight Center brought the customer experience team into the social media space. Because normally what happens is that your marketing team, who are the guys that are wanting to push a particular message out, are the ones that are engaging on social media. But who better to engage with the customer on the social media platform than the customer experience team? And the fact that Flight Center took that leap and said, you know what, actually, we are getting feedback from our customers on social media platforms. Let's meet them where they are at and have the conversations with them that are going to be meaningful. We don't want to waste their time. They're telling us how they feel, what they're thinking about, and pulling the training, the customer experience team, to respond on social media, I think was a really genius move from a marketing perspective, if I may say, Lynette. So usually what happens is the marketers get in there and they start saying stuff that they want people to hear as opposed to what their customers really care about. So kudos to you guys for having taken that um, incredible, incredibly brave leap, and I think it has certainly paid off um, for you. Otto, you've been very quiet in the wings here. I'm going to pull you into the mix. You spoke about the 21st century travel agent study that was conducted, two versions thereof. How else is Asata helping its members convey their relevance and value to that end customer, whether it's a corporate uh, traveller or a a procurement manager or even the leisure traveller who's figuring out where to live their best life on their next holiday?
3: Well, I think... It starts with people understanding who ASATA are and what their role is. Um, and I think for a very long time, we lived in a, in a bit of a confused environment where there was this idea that we were a regulated industry and ASATA was the body that, you know, would fix everything. When in fact, the travel industry in South Africa is very much unregulated and membership of Assata is voluntary. The fact that we almost represent 95% of the industry in terms of market share is hopefully indicative of the role that we play and people's a better understanding of that. And, and so much has changed over the last few years, particularly around where we can and can't or should or shouldn't be playing as an organization. And so, you know, if we, if we look at where we have positioned ourselves from a purpose point of view, you know, Asanta exists to support, protect and develop its members and to advocate and lobby on their behalf. Um, and our mandate is to safeguard the travel industry and to advance the sustainability of our members, you will notice that all of that focus is around the members. It's around the industry. It's about identifying where and how we can help and support them and ensure that all the steps and actions that they take to look after their customers, which is their role, not ours, is driven by a very clear understanding of what the rules and the regulations look like and what a professional industry looks like and how can we support that. So, you know, it's really about taking it back to uh, the pillars of our strategy. And when we began a pillar-focused strategy about five, six years ago, we had five pillars that went to four and is now sitting at three. And I think that consolidation is important because it means that we're increasingly focusing on areas that are critical. So, um, you know, let's just remind ourselves that our role is around the pillars of effective lobbying and advocacy. It's around the member support, information and training. And it's around good governance, risk management, compliance and professional development. I think the lobbying side is evident. Uh, Lynette touched on it earlier on. I mean, we have a a, a very big role to play in ensuring that our government and uh, organizations like IATA, uh, who are critical stakeholders around the airline sales and distribution, have a very clear understanding of the challenges and the red tape and the obstacles that may undermine or challenge our um, success and the ability of our customers to have the best experience when they travel. Um, one of the uh, initiatives that we're focusing on, and it started last year, is, for example, the issue on visas and making sure that we are communicating, uh, we are lobbying, we're advocating, we're leveraging the media to communicate those things so that, you know, there's a better understanding of the challenges that are being faced by customers of the travel community. And I think that in itself is quite important because that is also a tool for the agents because they can see what their association is doing and they can ensure that that, you know, is communicated back to the customer. Uh, When we look at um, the member support information and training. We did a survey at the start of COVID, where we asked travel agents who are members of ASATA where they saw um, some of the value propositions that we presented, but more importantly, what was their primary source of getting that information that they needed? And Natalia, you will recall that we launched a um, a resource centre. And we spent a massive amount of time ensuring that there was a one-stop shop—a place where travel agents who members of Asanta were able to access accurate up-to-date, day-by-day information that was impacting their businesses and their ability to support their customers. And that remains a very important tool for us uh, and hopefully also for our members who indicated at the start of COVID and six months later how our resource and information shifted from being 30% or the fourth most important source of information to 80% or the most critical source of information for their agencies. So I think, you know, we need to to acknowledge that uh, the role that we played in supporting our members in providing the right data and information cannot be underestimated. Um, And I think also the learnings that came out of it, you know, we, we spotted some very big gaps around our members' terms and conditions and they were potentially putting themselves uh, in a very difficult position that was definitely in conflict with the consumer regulations and their own responsibilities and obligations. Uh, We did a lot of training around the introduction of the Personal uh, Information Act and the role that, you know, that was going to have, because as I indicated earlier, the kind of data and information that we collect on behalf of the customers in order to fulfill those bookings and to service those needs is phenomenal and it stretches way beyond, you know, a passport number. So, um, you know, we have a very big responsibility there. And again, that all comes back to good governance and risk management and compliance. If you want to retain trust and confidence as a a consumer with a travel agent, you've got to be seen to be professional. You've got to be seen to be behaving and acting and being compliant in terms of the rules and the regulations of the land. Um, And you also need to understand your responsibilities and obligations within that. But also how can we help you from a strategic risk management point of view? How do we help you to be compliant? How do we make sure that you are able to look as professional as you can and need to be by giving you the tools so that ultimately the net result is that you can focus on what you do best, which is to be that travel advisor, to be that travel consultant, and to deliver that service and value proposition as a result of an association that forms a foundation and a basis of all of those bits and pieces that is not the primary driver of your business, but is so important from a sustainability, longevity, and a professionalism point of view.
0: Rachel, I mean what is your expectation of an association like a to help you um, help you with that value proposition and then to help you communicate that value proposition? What is your expectation?
1: Um I think I can use um, experience of the past perhaps to to kind of Explain that. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't think um, that Asata are there to um, solve my problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> although, Otto, you have in the past, <laughs> particularly IATA issues. I mean, you just know how much I love IATA. Um, but I think, I think, first of all, being part of an association is an important thing. Um, I mean, we know a lot of other countries have travel associations, you know, possibly there's more um, vested interest and, and money invested into those associations and they are huge and, and blah, blah, blah. But um, I think ASATA within the local industry has, um, it has more clout. Um, and and I think a lot of that is is was the marketing campaign that that IATA under, Asata undertook and and it, it's it's on the agents as well to impart that kind of information. Um, I have clients phoning me, um, ARB clients, and there's a lot of them these days to make bookings, and they say, "Are you an Asata agent?" And I say, "Well, yes, of course we're an Asata." And I'm thinking it's pretty good that they're asking that because they never used to. Um, and I think. Part of being, part of being part of a sata is is that is value in itself, Um, and I do um, I do expect a sata to um, without controlling. You know, you obviously don't control, but but you have a lot of say in um, the ethics and the standards that um, we uphold as travel professionals God knows you we've had those that have absconded with amounts of money and whatnot in the last year or so which is is terribly damaging to our industry it's 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 monstrous what it does to our industry um, you know, I've seen that firsthand. But I think it's important to to be part of an association. And yes, you do. You 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 have you have our back. So, whether it's um, sourcing legal information, which which I've done on occasion, or even just using the toolbox that's that's provided from ASATA, that's that's what I expect from an association. You know, what is your value product? It's different. Might be different from flight center to maritime to anybody else. Um. But the foundation of it is still the same. And I think that's where, where ASATA are valuable. I think it's important to be part of an association at the moment.
0: Okay, we're almost out of time. So I'm going to ask each of my panellists just to round up their final thoughts around the travel aid slash advisors value proposition. Any comments that you'd like to raise? Um, any tips? For anyone who might be struggling to communicate their value proposition in this kind of post-pandemic era, I'm gonna start with Lynette.
2: Thanks, Natalia. Um, I, think, I think as a, the biggest tip I think would be stay connected with your customers um, and, 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 and being flexible um to how they want to communicate because that has greatly changed um over the years. Um and just understanding you know those nuances and and, and if they want to chat to you on Facebook chat speak to them there you know if they want to WhatsApp you WhatsApp because that's how they they feel they will communicate better. And I think just being honest about the state of of being, whether it be about their booking, um, whether you're struggling to get feedback from suppliers, which we found was something that we we developed over the past few years because it was always so difficult, I think, for a lot of um a lot of our front end, you know, like being an expert. Um, a travel expert, um, having that know-how to communicate with the customer and being honest, that honesty, we found that that definitely um, grew our relationship um, with the customers. And I I find, like, if you're honest um, about anything, really, um, with your customer, they'll learn to trust you. You don't want them to, you know, to not trust you because you have their entire holiday. You have, they save money, lots and lots of money, you know, to go. I, I work especially in the leisure space and emotions run high there in that space. So you want to stay connected. You want to stay being honest with your customer and you want to retain your customer. You don't want to service your customer once and they go away. But um, yeah, but I think we found value Um. In, 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 in maintaining that relationship um, with the customers. Thank you, thank you, Lynette. Rachel, over to you.
1: I think for me, the most important thing, um, particularly for frontline staff, it's very simple. You've got to know your worth. Um, this pandemic shook the tree Um, it it had no mercy and if you did not change your approach to this travel business um, it is likely you didn't survive or you are possibly still struggling we we are very fortunate I think um, in travel in that we are agile you know we certainly have it within our agency Um, if something doesn't work think of something else and let's try it and if that works great and if it doesn't well you know what's another idea we've got to, we've got to remain agile um and use that agility to change operations if it's necessary um i know we think we through this pandemic and uh, you know i mean we certainly are doing extremely well at the moment and it's it's fabulous compared to the last 2 years i mean it's it's paradise on earth um But you have to prepare for more. We have to prepare for the future. Don't stop doing that. Keep evolving. We've learned a hell of a big lesson from this. Travel is resilient, but it's also stubborn. Um, Move with the times. Think bigger. Be more. Be confident. If you can think of a better way of doing something, give it a bash. Implement it. Um, Brainstorm. Absolutely what Lynette said, listen to your clients. Clients are also now wanting different things. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different outcome. And I think COVID in a way has been, you you cannot imagine that COVID is ever a blessing. But in a perverse kind of way, I think COVID actually did the travel industry a bit of a favor. And not just the travel industry from an operational point of view, but from a mindset point of view. not just gave everybody a big wake up call. I think it, it changed, it changed perception of relationships. It should have done if you took it seriously. Um, and I think in travel, you know, I think perhaps the shoe maybe is on the other foot. Um, you know, it, it always used to be us and them. So it was was us the travel agent, us travel agents moaning and groaning about everything and them was the clients and the airlines and the suppliers and everybody. Us and them now is our clients and us and then it's the suppliers Um, and, and they do slip up. They do. I think travel agencies, travel consultants, travel managers have been much more agile throughout this whole process than, than suppliers at large. And, yeah, you've got to leverage that and use it. And if you've got a supplier that's not on the same wagon as you, find a different one. Um, but I think the important thing is is um, mattress money, Um save it. (laughs) This might, you know, it might not be COVID. It might not be an airline crisis. It might be something else. It's something we've never done before. I know a lot of agents were, were winging it or relying on overrides to make profit. It's not a good business plan. We've been given an opportunity now to do it differently. So be mindful of that. We're not out of this. Travel is there's always drama in travel. It's going to happen. If it doesn't happen next month, it'll ha- you never get three months straight, straight perfect times in travel. It doesn't happen. Just be mindful of that and and be mindful that you, we are evolving. The systems are in place. There's all kinds of new things going on and not necessarily just technology. It's the way you utilize it and the way you communicate it with your clients and indeed your staff. So just don't relax. Just be mindful that there is a different way to do things, and and try and try and try and be positive, and keep thinking outside the box. But most importantly of all, know your worth and charge what you're worth.
0: So there's no surfing for you, Rachel, with all the drama that's <laughs> going to come
1: your way. Actually no there is because if I didn't swim I I think I would have gone insane by now so so on a a Monday Thursday and Friday I take lunch at eight o'clock and I I go for a swim in the sea so it is what it
0: is (laughs) (laughs) nice something else that probably changed during COVID yeah final word from you
3: yeah, look, I think from my point of view, I'd, I'd, like, to leave, um, I'd like to leave the audience with um, the nine opportunities that we identified for 21st century travel agents very, very briefly. Um, and this is really just a sense of where we believe, you know, these opportunities are going to not only be sustainable, but is going to help you to um, build a business and um, and leverage opportunities in the short medium to long term and will hopefully give you a sense of, of where those opportunities sit and what you need to be doing in order to secure those so you know the first one for us was delivering peace of mind um and that was uh, highlighted in the conversation today um i think the easing of travelers warriors in this sort of very unpredictable environment is key so you know um Make sure that you are engaged, that you are speaking to your customers, that you are using this to attract new clients, drive sales, uh, and use that expertise to ensure that you're delivering peace of mind. Secondly, industry collaboration. Uh, if we're going to have a successful recovery, collaboration is key. Um, the interdependence of the travel value chain cannot be underestimated. Um, and I think, you know, some of the comments that came out of today's discussions highlighted where some of us have been better at it than others. And in turn, those that have maybe battled with making sure that they could deliver those have recognized the value of the travel agent in a manner that they have not maybe done some time from a, a distribution point of view. Um, there's always opportunities that one needs to consider in terms of low-hanging fruit. You know, there is, there is always going to be this cloud or this little overhang that's going to carry beyond COVID, at least in the short term. Things like family holidays and FIT travel, uh, wide open spaces versus, you know, maybe city trips or traveling in groups on coaches and buses. Um, what are you doing to make sure that you are aware and, and, and familiar with that? Number four, very clear, and it was stated again today, stay agile and nimble. And we are lucky as an industry, we have that capacity. We have the ability to do that because we function as intermediaries and not the end service providers. So that flexibility and uh, an ability to adjust and be in the right place at the right time has been afforded us, but it is on us To decide what we do or don't do with that, but stay agile and stay nimble. Number five is to focus on the whole customer journey. We had a chat about that today. Certainly, this is not just about being a booking service provider, that can be done online. But if you're there from the um, um, sort of beginning of the journey where customers are are thinking creatively about where they want to go, what they want to do, making sure that you're communicating, engaging with them where they are, it's not just about Emails, uh, it's about social media platforms. Make sure that you are, as we call it now, hyper connected. Um, you need to be where your customers are, and that means that you're going to need to communicate through multiple channels. Six, remove friction. We spoke about the role of the sars but I think at the same time we as a support mechanism to the trade are just a tool or an ability to enable the travel in- air industry to further find ways to help remove friction. I think that that's probably one of the biggest opportunities and takeaways that certainly came from the pandemic was to find ways to remove challenges, to ensure that travel for passengers is as smooth and as seamless as possible. Seven, shake Shape your business to the new customer, and both um, my colleagues today highlighted how important it is to fundamentally change the way that you do business with the new customer. Uh, The customer has changed, the customer expectation has changed, and our way of doing business has to change with it in order to ensure that we remain relevant. Eight. Work on your real skills. Yeah, many players are faced with the painful need to make headcount reductions. We've gone through right sizing. We've had to look at, you know, where we have to look at costs. Um, Rachel mentioned the uh, the mattress, the money under the mattress. You've got to look after the cash because, you know, we're never completely out of the woods and you never know what challenge may face us next. So be sure that you are at all times uh, working on your real skills and delivering that onwards to your customer. And finally, and I think this is critical, whilst I do believe this is sustainable, we've got to recognize as the final point that this is a small window to reinforce your value proposition. Now is the time to make sure that customers recognize that what we do and how we do it goes way beyond just supporting them through a period of of, of a pandemic, uh, but that you know, we are there as their travel partners going forward and we'll continue to deliver that value proposition.
0: Thank you, Otto, thank you, Lynette, and thank you, Rachel, for joining me today. Lovely to see your faces. Uh, I know we did lots of webinars during COVID, so hopefully you won't have loads of these going forward because you'll be so busy getting people from A to B without any drama. Thanks so much, Um, and yeah, I really appreciate your time.